0: Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening in.
1: Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis.
0: And I'm his co host, Alyssa.
1: Let's welcome our guest today, Alex Casebear <laughs> Yay! Yeah. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. If we, probably the best place to start, because not everybody knows you, like, what do you do, right? Work wise or. Sure. Know, yeah.
2: So. Day job is, I'm the fourth generation owner of Capital Auto Group, which is Chevrolet, Cadillac, Toyota, Subaru, and a collision center. Uh, my brother and I are partners. My dad is on his way out, which mm. has just been an awesome transition. Yeah. And yeah, so I oversee about 400 employees at all of our stores. We're on uh, one campus, mainly one campus, and the collision center is offsite. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. I, my, I'm at the Subaru store. My office is there. That's Uh, a lot of my attention, but I bounce around every day.
1: Sure. Yeah. That'll keep you hopping. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, I often ask our guests, what's something in your industry that, uh, surprises you, maybe the changes in the last, you know, half decade or a few years or whatever. I would
2: say for me, uh, personally, it's way more about the people than it is about the cars or the product. Mm. Uh, people often think, "Well, you sell cars, you run these dealerships, you're a car guy." I'm I am not a car guy, <laughs> and there are a couple other guys around town who price no the same Dick, thing. But yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: Dick with no. <laughs> yeah,
2: sorry, not a car guy, not a collector. Right. Uh, it's all about people, and that yeah, you know, comes from my dad, I think, and my grandpa. Uh, they were never car guys either. Um, mm. But you know, the industry has changed with uh, the internet boom, kind of twenty years ago. Uh, The recession 13 years ago. And then you get into all, there's just so many changes with the technology of the cars. And and then Tesla comes on the site, on the scene. So a lot has actually changed in the industry. I don't really care that much about that (laughs) because it doesn't really change the way that I take care of my employees and their families. And uh, so I think people would be surprised to know that. that, I drive a used car. I drive, wife drives a used car. We don't have any collectors' items. <laughs> <laughs> we could be selling timber shoes. It doesn't matter to us.
1: Right. Yeah. A lot
0: of stuff changes in the industry, but most people, they're still driving cars. So they're, you got to yeah, get a car somewhere.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all three of us got here today in a car. <laughs> yeah. A that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Ten I years,
2: mean, it might be a helicopter. Who knows? Or a yeah, flying car? But there you go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll sell those. But as long as my employees <laughs> are happy, <laughs> there you go. I don't care.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. Um. I know you're third and fourth generation, so like, how long have you been in the Salem, Kaiser, Oregon area? Yeah,
2: yeah so I, I did grow up here. Okay. Uh, I went to South Salem High School, go
1: Saxons. Okay, go Saxons, yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, my great-grandfather moved here in 1927. So that's wow. when we kind of planted our flag here. And he moved here to start the Chevrolet store in wow. 27. He was living in Portland. Wow. And then he went into um, politics in the 40s. He was the mayor of Salem. Then he was the governor of Oregon. Uh, in the late '40s, and then yep. he worked for President Eisenhower. Uh, he was the Secretary of the Interior, so he kind of had an interesting Jeez. history on his own. There's a high school named after him in town, which is McKay High School. Wow. my, well, my great grandpa. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So then my my grandpa got on the business in the '70s. My dad bought everybody out in the '90s, and then I started selling cars in actually in Portland because uh, we did not want to start working for Dad for the just, just selling cars. It's <laughs> too much pressure on you. Yeah. Uh, so my dad said, "Hey, go just go sell cars. Go learn what it's like." Uh, so I started doing that in 2009, and then ended up moving back into Salem in 2011. Yeah. Wow. So I was gone from here for about a decade after yeah. high school. Went to school in California, and then my wife's from Georgia, so I chased her around the East Coast for a while. Okay. I uh, lived in North Carolina and Georgia. And then we moved back when I started selling cars and thought, let's give this a shot, see if I like it. I don't like cars, but maybe I like people and leadership and all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah. I've been doing doing that and then I've worked in every department, you know, separate topic on the business. But, now, yeah, it's so about 13 years.
1: Well, that that's what makes, I think, a lot of effective leaders is knowing all the different departments at, at some level other than just coming in, right? I mean I, I read something that like some ridiculous amount of – 90 something percent of all Domino's franchise owners started as delivery drivers sweet and so that's pretty cool yeah 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 so um let's see so wife uh, you guys got kids yep, yep.
2: Uh, my wife is ashley we've been married for uh, th- almost 13 years we have a 10 year old boy nine year old daughter and a three-year-old
1: boy wow i'll well, keep you those are busy yeah right? i mean yeah.
2: we're right in the thick of it obviously but sure. having a lot of fun uh, yeah. the holidays was super fun and they also two of them have birthdays in December and January. so it's, and my wife has a birthday in December, so oh wow. yeah. Busy we're, we're like having a big exhale right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> of the gifts have been bought. Oh, yes. My gosh. <laughs> it's yes. all over.'
1: We can awesome. relax for a while, so uh, um, when you're when you're looking at, at maybe your younger self, w- what's something you recognize the first time you recognize passion for something?:
2: But um, uh, two things I was super passionate about growing up was uh music and golf. Nice. So I always, you know, everybody thinks you're going to be a professional something. I never really <laughs> seriously thought I was going to be a professional golfer, but right very competitive through high school and through college, um played amateur tournaments all, you know, through those years. Um I never thought I was, you know, going to try sure. to go pro. And I didn't actually try, but right. super passionate about it. Yep. Uh and then music. We've been a big music family for years. Um I took 12 years of classical piano, a couple years of jazz, and I was a drummer for, I've been a drummer for a long time, both jazz and rock and roll. So those are two things that really, from an early age, probably around seven years old, when I I started both, really. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just really stuck with them both to this day, so.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, both our kids are award winning musicians, Grammy nominations, all kinds of cool stuff. So music's a big part of our family yeah. and and it's also a part of why Valor has such a, a big part of what we do connected to music and, and media, you know. We've got a live sure. a live stage with thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment here in a bowling alley and <laughs> and we're sitting in a bowling alley doing a, a podcast in a studio and so uh you know, we use those things. Just like maybe a coach, a golf coach, a football coach you sure. know, uses sports to speak into people's lives yeah. and so on. So, music's beautiful. I, I told my kids that their whole life, like play piano, guitar, or golf. It those are things you'll be able to do your entire life, no matter what you're doing for a living or where you are. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And
0: often and, up until you're very, very, very old, you know, you can still do those types of things. That's why I see golf clubs full of you know guys that are still golfing, which is that's, good.
2: That's right. Well, my grandma was the the ringleader in the golf world. Oh, she wow. was my dad's mom and she taught everybody how to play golf. She taught, wow. she had three sons. They're all good golfers. They all still play. She played well into her 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, she was a big instrumental part in me and just kind of going out and teaching me how to chip and putt and she was the biggest part of her thing was attitude. So she was her voice was always ringing in my head was you can't get mad. You're out here on a golf course. It's mm-hmm. not about the golf. It's about who you're with. It's about nature. <laughs> so that was her whole thing was just, you know, yeah. you can't get too upset over this.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing I appreciate about golf is it's, you know, whether you're playing nine or 18, it's at least a couple hours or, or four maybe and – and uh no cell phones ring in. You're able to just really walk and enjoy time with, with others. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
0: I heard a joke one time that golf was invented so that uh, people had an excuse to go on nature walks together.
2: Because uh, <laughs> okay. you just, that you know, you, you hit
0: a thing and then you walk together and you're going. Yeah. and you're... Well,
2: it's also been said that golf is a good walk spoiled. So. There you go.
0: Yeah.
2: Depending
1: on your grandma's advice and attitude. You were
0: taught to golf by your grandma. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, um, we, uh, and, and I know a little bit about how you, you lead from your employees, so Gabe Garcia and others are yep. you know, friends and so on and I appreciate you guys and your leadership. Um we we do similar culture ideas, right? So like around your personality assessment and, you know, trying to continue to refine to get people on the right seat on the bus. They don't always enter on the right seat, you know, so yep. to speak. Yep. And that we find that that right time. But uh taken into that account, you know, do you are you consider yourself this is an oversimplification, but like an introvert or an extrovert. 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 Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
2: And my brother uh, is kind of the opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not afraid of being out in front of people. Sure. Um, but he's much more analytical, way smarter than I am. I'm more of the big, dumb animal out front. Yep, yep. Not afraid to lead a charge. Um, yeah.
1: Gathering people. And, you totally. Know, and, yeah. Uh,
2: but he's a big help in kind of either pulling the reins back on me or like say, hey, let's just, let's think about this for a second. I'm with you but let's just look at it for one more minute before we launch, you know, so he's really good at that, but sure. I'm, I'm an extrovert. You know, I, I love being around people and, um, in the whether it's community or whether it's at work, um, uh, I love it.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as you're building teams, just like maybe in a marriage, right. So my, I, I'm like you, I'm the, I want to start eight projects. I've got a lot of vision and, and, uh, but we still got to have the details knocked out, yep. you know, and not that I don't care about details. I just don't, they don't, Give me energy, <laughs> so <laughs> right. like like people in vision do. So, but we have to have people in our teams or in yep. our families that that uh, can knock that stuff out, right? Because yep. otherwise, we won't have long term success. Then you got to so.
2: surround yourself. Knowing that, you need to surround yourself Absolutely. with those people. Mm-hmm. Which my wife is very much like that too. Will think through things way more than I will. Uh, we're on the same page on, you know, pretty much everything. Sure. But she'll get us there correctly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, whether it's at home or at work or on a board or whatever, it's all about having those right pieces and knowing kind of what makes you work. Right. Then you can supplement that with what doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know that uh, both you and your wife are, are, you know, deeply committed community people. You you know, you do a lot of things in the community. Was Was when did you and how did you pick that up you know I
2: mean yeah you know that's a good question um she never was growing her family was never involved in Georgia um not to say that's a bad thing but they just that just wasn't the world that they were in um we I didn't really realize this growing up how involved my dad was so Hmm. that didn't register with me like at all that he served on boards and you know, was, had a hand in starting various things, like the Oregon Garden. He had a hand in starting the Oregon Garden. You right. know, That's like there's cool. random things that he's got his and I had no clue. So yep. I moved back to town, and I think that people, a few people, saw me moving back to town and was like, hey, let's snatch this guy up. <laughs> for whatever reason, I hadn't been here for a decade. Right. So the first thing I got asked to be on was the Salem Hospital Foundation.
1: Mm. Hmm.
2: Know nothing about hospitals. Yeah. Know nothing about foundations.
1: Appreciate a good surgeon or a doctor. <laughs> <Sure>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was in like 2012, still on that board. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, and that kind of got it kickstarted. Okay. So, uh, and then it was, then I just kind of got, you know, as I got more, you know, involved and, you know, help people with their car purchases or whatever, you just get to know a lot more people around town. People know my last name. So they kind of know generally who I am. Right. Uh, But yeah, served on the Boys and Girls Club for six years, served on Salem Leadership Foundation for six years, Mm -hmm. lots of different things. And so I, it just kind of organically happened. Sure. And someone asked, I said, yes, that's how it started. Yeah. But then I look back and look at, you know, my parents and they both, um, my mom has been involved in a ton of stuff on her own too. So they both were community-minded. My grandfather was community-minded. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So it's just all kind of has trickled down. No one asked me, to, you know, but they didn't say, you got to get involved. You need to, you know, put your stamp on the community. I mean, that was There was no pressure. <laughs> but it just kind of happened, and it's been yeah. super great to, to touch different for-profits, non-profits, religious, you know, stuff with the economy downtown, travel Salem and fly Salem and all that, you know, and kind of in, interweaving throughout everything.
1: Sure. And, you know, and for our listeners, um, you mentioned a really key thing is, uh, it's, it's one thing to put up a poster. It's one thing to try to make something happen. But if you want to get people involved, uh, really, I call it tapping people on the shoulder, right? I mean, it's the being asked that, that often it gives you at least the opportunity to respond, whether I have margin in my life to do that or not. Right. But, uh, But that's it. I mean, you know, get out there and ask people to get involved with whatever great thing you're doing in our community, you know.
2: Well, and don't just ask um, because, you you know, you want a a name or a profession or something involved in what you're in. You need to tell them why they would make an impact. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ask if they have the margin because I've had people approach me that's like, we need you to join this board for whatever reason. And I'm like, well... That's your agenda, but <laughs> That's totally your agenda. I don't have any time in my life. for that. I'm having another kid, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of years ago. I'd asked to join something fairly sizable. The guy knew nothing about me, which was fine, but he also didn't ask anything. And wow. so You yeah. know, so it was like, hey, we need to join the board. What do you think? And I'm like, can I think about this for a couple of days and talk to my wife? And I don't even, you know... And the answer was no. I'm Mm -hmm. having another kid. I don't have time for this. (laughs) Yeah, you know. But he didn't take the time to try to get to know me. So that would be my advice to the listeners: is if you're trying to get somebody to join you, give them a reason. Tell them why they would be a good fit. Yep. And and see if it works. And if it doesn't, say, hey, can we come back to you in three years? Yeah. That sort. You know. That sort of a deal.
1: Yeah, and I think that the I'm huge about unity right? Uh, Unity in our organization, unity on our nonprofit board, right? I think that that is at the core of how you get healthy and stay healthy as an organization. So, uh, yeah, so Absolutely. We, we say this in our staff meetings, we say this in our board meetings. This is always just as much about us as it is about all the cool things we're doing yeah, in the right. community. If we don't continue to get this right, then yeah. it, it's not okay. Well, this culture. Our, you hit on that. Yep. Yeah. Well, and,
0: so, and just to hint on something you said, Alex, is that, you know, there's the phrase, I think Aristotle said it, about, like, to be a friend of someone, you have to eat a sack of salt together, and meaning, like, spending enough time over how many meals it takes to, like, get to know somebody before you can, you know, be close enough with them and so like that same thing building relationship before you start trying to pull people into something with you that's, yeah, well, that's, that's important a
2: big phrase in young life is you gotta earn the right to be heard mm. Yeah, you can't just come at them with why they should come to a young life or why they should believe in God or any of that it's, you, right. you gotta earn that mm-hmm. right you gotta go to their soccer game yep. you gotta take them to lunch mm-hmm. you gotta be with them during tears you, and successes whatever it is and then at some point there might be an opportunity to talk to them about something but you yeah. can't just come at them
0: Mm-hmm. The no. same would
2: be the same in business, I'm sure. Yeah. You're not getting anybody to follow you. Yeah.
1: Hey, if, you, you to... just come from the top down. <laughs> say... You should
0: write a check for 10000 dollars right now for me. And you're like, okay, why? Why? <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: So yeah, and trust and relationship and all that's the stuff you're you're pointing at, you know. Um if uh if you were maybe looking at your younger self, uh late twenties, uh what would be advice you would speak to your 25, 28-year-old self maybe that you don't think you had then that you've gathered now? I would
2: say don't panic. You know, be patient. Mm. Your life doesn't have to be decided when you're 23. Right. Whether you come from a family business Mm -hmm. or whether you come from nothing and you have to earn it all yourself, don't panic, you know. Things will work out a certain way. Attitude's a big part of it. Work ethic's a big part of it. Yep. Uh, integrity is a big part of it. But if those things are all intact, something's going to fall your way. I tried a couple of different things before I even tried the car business. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be a financial advisor. I thought mm-hmm. I, because I thought like I have to have a job, I need to have yep. a career. Right. You know, I kind of put the pressure on myself. Sure. To do those things and then was able to kind of take a step back when I moved to Georgia and was like, okay, what's, what do I really want to do? That was my don't panic moment was like, it's, sure. this is fine. Take a little time. I was still working, just odd jobs. Yeah, yeah. That was the really was like, okay, what do I really want, and then go after that. Right. First five years before that, it was like I gotta have a career. Yeah. I, I mean, need to go. I, I'm gonna be in, in advertising. I gotta be in this. I gotta try the financial. I mean, I tried a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And I just wasn't passionate about any of it, and that's fine.
1: Yeah. I think that's a a, a good uh, parenting guideline too. I, I call it just adding kindling around and. And your child will gravitate to their design and what they're end up. They're passionate and typically that means they're pretty good at it or whatever you sure. know. And so, being patient with that, I think, it is important. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's tons of actors that didn't get their real starts until like Harrison Ford was 35, I think, when he started like his real yeah. roles in like as Han Solo and like Melissa well, McCarthy was 40 when she started her first real show she was famous on and
1: Morgan that, Freeman didn't get his break till 50. Wow, and how many amazing movies has that guy mm-hmm. made? Right? You know
0: what
2: I heard the other day huh. that Will Ferrell's first starring role was Elf. Yes, yeah, that is true. Crazy, it's, yeah. yeah. And so, and you he was a ton of his... movies before that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's yep. the first one that's yeah, like really got him somewhere. Yeah. yeah so don't so it's like if, don't if you're panic. 23, you're chilling. Don't yeah. panic.
1: Exactly. Don't do nothing. Y- yeah. Right. Right. Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. then getting back to those things, you you talked about work ethic and character, and you know, and it. Culture and what we're looking for when we hire is those three things everything else we can teach you, you know, absolutely You know, and and also if you have those three things you'll never be unemployed if you want to be working
2: sure because 100%. There's,
1: there's always people ready to hire people that can work in, in honestly and honestly and put in a good mm-hmm. day's work so yeah, so Parents are out there. You think your kids on the couch a little longer than you should be, or whatever. But those are the those are the skills that we really need to just be speaking into the young people's lives. Yeah, yeah. we can
2: teach any skill in our work. You know, for the most part, teach anybody anything. You got to have a good attitude, good mm-hmm. work ethic, and be integ- have integrity. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty much all that matters. And if we try a certain job with somebody and they fail, that's not necessarily their fault. Right. That could be our fault. We didn't train them enough. Guess we'll just move to a different department, try something else mm-hmm. like we're yeah. not just gonna launch somebody right because they weren't proficient in something. It's let's train them up, let's transfer them to another position, see what happens there as long as they're a good person, yes. integrity, b- believe in what we're trying to do, yeah, they're gonna have a long career with us,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we have uh I mean our eight values are twenty two feet wide and nine feet tall on our wall inside our building, you know, and so um but uh but i think at at the end of the day uh we have high expectations and, and high grace you know yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to compromise on, on what we think excellence should look like in everything we do and we fail yep. often right sure. but that's the goal and then the people who work with us and you know we we have grace for ourselves and grace for others just like you're describing like there's opportunities and until it's pretty clear maybe that this type of career isn't isn't for you and then sure. and that's and then that's okay i'll help you Find whatever dream that is. I serve on six nonprofit boards. You know, I I know a few folks, depending on what you want to do. You know, we can make that dream come true. For sure. If it's not with us. So, yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah. How about... trying to think of a good one.
2: Yeah, give me something good. What do you want to know?
1: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> What do you want to know about me? This is a question we always ask people. Um, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh so what was the best idea you think you ever ripped off and applied in, in your life and your business uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, yeah.
2: I don't know that this is an idea. Maybe, sure. it might be an idea. It's a phrase that I heard. Okay. Uh, years ago from Andy Stanley okay. he said and you might have heard this before but I loved it do for one what you wish you could do for all Ooh, Meaning, that is good I got 400 employees yep or you've got a million family members or you've got whatever mm-hmm. he gives you the permission in most cases to just do what you want to do for that one person and not feel guilty about not doing it for everybody so yeah. specific lee you know, in on my business, that might mean I know someone's maybe had a rough month or something's going on in their marriage or whatever. It's okay for me to send that person away on the weekend to the beach and pay for their whole trip. That's right. I'm not gonna do it for four hundred employees. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's okay. Yes. I don't need to
1: Guilt say yourself I'm sorry.
2: Or for shame that. yourself into
1: that. Right. Yeah. So
2: there's a lot of and I try to my brother and I, we try to get that into our employees, like empowering them to just do it. Don't apologize. For a customer, for a fellow employee, if someone's having them down, buy them lunch. You're not going to buy the whole department lunch every day, right. but yeah. you can do it one time. So I've, that's always stuck with me. Yeah, just do for one what you wish you could do for everybody, because yeah. you just
1: can't. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: So that was kind of a cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what's uh, what's something maybe that most people don't know about you that that uh, you'd be willing to share with us? I don't know a childhood injury, uh, you know some. Hidden talent. Hidden, yeah. We know the piano bit. I didn't, yeah, that's I didn't true. know the piano side. Well, I'm not an extraordinaire, but I can play. Well, I promise you, you play better than I do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I like
2: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Kind of a thrill seeker in a okay. lot of ways. I've um, yeah. been skydiving, bungee jumping, oh, wow. Wow. whitewater uh, rafting, okay. like big, big water. I mean, I don't like do these things actively. No. Uh, but those are kind of fun. Like, hey, tell me something about you. And, oh, yeah. Skydiving, bungee jumping, the crazy stuff—you yeah. know—done it once or twice, and wow. you know, kind of got out of my system. But <laughs>
1: yeah, white rafting is a lot
2: of fun. Yeah, I oh, mean, that, I was very a, scared. We yeah. were in um, with my mom on a trip in South mm. Africa and went white water rafting. Ooh. It was like all class fives, very Whoa. scary. I mean, people like left during the middle of the day, like can't take it anymore. Yeah, it was terrifying.
1: Um, there is people locally and, and listening that have. A similar, they have a family business or they're, people are gonna need to transition, right, from right. one leadership to the other. What's some advice you might give to how you guys feel like you made wise decisions in timing or, or whatever that might look like?
2: Well, it, you know, transition can happen quickly or over years. And we were lucky that ours happened over years. Because right? mm. there are some in our business where the dad will come in, drop off the keys, and say, I'm done, I'm moving to Hawaii, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> You know, right. sometimes it works out, sometimes not. But our dad was made sure that we had, for sure, worked in every department. Mm-hmm. Had buy-in from all of our senior managers. It was like, this is happening. And this is the next phase of this business is with Alex and Matthew. And are you guys on board with this? Yes. Yeah. So, so we're all on the same song sheet. So okay. it was it for yeah. sure wasn't a dictatorship. Good. Yeah. Um, which I think that's the key. It's It's not necessarily just, like, telling people, like, you're there on this boat, or you're not. Don't care if you worked here for 20 years. So we got buy-in, very openly communicated every step of the way. Yeah, with to our like all of the employees. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, eventually we got kind of promoted up to general manager, running the stores. And Dad could take some more time off. And first started as I'm, hey, I'm not going to be here Fridays at all. Then it was, I'm going to stop coming to meetings. You guys do the meetings. So he very, you know, sure, gently, systematically, yeah. and yeah. And it wasn't. We didn't plan it. No, that way. It just. Happened that way and it was very healthy because we – and we can still communicate a lot better, trust me. Sure. But he was just very thoughtful about everything and caring for all the employees that have worked for him for so long, very loyal to him, yep. needed to make sure they were going to be loyal to us. Well, and to And, and, and to so that just happens through talking through things and, you know, and having one-on-one conversations with guys that might be feeling iffy about their future, you know. It's like, it's going to be. we got your back.
1: Yeah. We all always have your back. It's just a different case beer that you're talking to now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to you and Matthew's credit, like if you weren't pulling your weight and, and doing and learning, then you'd lose the trust of sure. that and it wouldn't have to have credibility. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. oh my gosh, we're out of time. Yeah. Um, We have to have you back sometime. I Appreciate it. Time flies. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do a part two with uh, Alex Casebeer, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Alex, and thank you joining. Thank you for joining us, listeners. um, You can listen to our podcast air every Saturday on KSLM at 11 a.m. on Saturdays, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.